Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Tonight, I would like to share with you the scripture and the message, and I believe that God will speak to you. I learned one thing about walking with God and learning from God. In the process of learning, God used we call repetition. Repetition means again and again and again. The reason God have to say things again and again and again because many times we don't get it the first time. We maybe get 10% of what God tried to say. I mean, he say it again, you get another 10%. Another 10%. Some of us may take 35 times before we get the message from God. Have you ever talked to your kids? And you talk to your kids first time, they don't get it. They just look at you, really? And then they keep doing the same thing. And after 35 times, they say, okay, that. I understand now. So the same thing with all of us. We are so thankful with the technology, the MP3, YouTube, website, that we can listen to the teaching again and again and again. Even I myself, every time I prepare the teaching and read the sermon, two or three times, each time I read and study, preparing for preaching and teaching, I notice I get something more every time. I repeat again. I get deeper understanding and more faith. We walk by faith in order to overcome the problems in life we need to overcome by faith. If you have more faith, you have more victory in life. And I noticed that I've been serving and living for God for 36 years now. And I noticed that this year I have more faith than many years ago. And I can see quick victory, more victory now, because I have more faith than many years ago. Now I understand why the Apostle John say, we overcome the world. The world is full of trouble. We can overcome the world by faith. So listening to the word of God, build faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And the Bible did not just say hearing the word. It says hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You need to keep hearing again and again and again. I believe that if you get the message tonight home, meditate on it. Don't let it leave your heart and walk in it. Believe in it. Exercise it. You will see victory in your life. Tonight, I would like to talk about a very important subject. That is the subject of healing. I noticed that a lot of people in the world are sick. As a doctor, I see about maybe 20 patients a day in my clinic. I operate on about six to eight patients a week. This is less than before. Before, many years ago, I used to operate about 12 cases a week. So now I slow down because I don't want to work too hard anymore. So many people are sick. I tried to reach out to one lady for 15 years, and she kept saying no to God. Kept saying no to God. It's very hard to reach out to her. And suddenly she showed up in my hometown and got examination and was found to have cancer in her tummy here. And I called the oncologist. The oncologist told me she has only six months to 18 months to live, according to the medical knowledge. I was so mad because this is my friend. And I tried to tell her about Jesus for many years. But thank God, last Wednesday or something, she showed up in my house and I told her about Jesus one more time. She accepted Christ, came to church last Sunday. She's going to show up to church tomorrow again. She now turned around and said, I need to give my life to Jesus. I know for sure she's going to go to heaven. And I pray that she's going to get healed from this cancer in here, this corner of the stomach. And we're going to believe in a miracle 
together. So tonight, when we talk about healing, let me give you some preparation of your heart a little bit. If you are not sick at all right now, you're very healthy. You remember the Bible say that the ants store up food in summertime, so that they have food in the winter time. In the winter, there's not much food and all kind of fruit to eat, so they store up food during the summer time. The same principle is applied to our faith walk. Why we are still healthy? Why we are still strong? Going to church every Sunday. We should store up the knowledge of the Bible, store up faith, because no one in the world can avoid getting old. And as we get old, I mean, if you can avoid getting old, I will put thumb up for you. No one in the world. We all get old. And as we get older, there is a chance that sickness can attack us more easily, because. We are getting weaker as we're getting older. Our body has been used for a long time. Our heart pump every day. The lungs are used. The brain. Everything is running down. So we're gonna have to face sometimes sickness in life, even a cold, maybe even toothache or something. We need to be ready to exercise faith, not just faith for the healing, but faith. For the protection that we will not be sick, I expect myself. I expect, and I pray that God will give me that desire that I will live a long life, 220 years old. Pastor Da, every time she heard this, she say, "Are you sure you want to be with me 120 years?" <laughs> I always pray for Pastor Da personally. I say, "God, let my wife live longer than me." Wow. If I'm that 20, she's gonna be 130 or something. I love her so much. I want her to live longer than me. So, but I expect that by faith, I gonna be like Moses. You know that Moses died at 120 years old, and he did not die because he was sick. He just sat on the couch and passed away. The Bible say he died at 120 years old, and he was still healthy. He just God just took him. Actually, it would be nice. If I can be like Enoch, E N O C H, Enoch was lifted up from by God into heaven without death, just disappear. Boop. Oh, I like that. I hope I will be the second Enoch on earth. Oh no, the third because another one is Elijah. Elijah got on the chariot and went up to heaven. I hope God loved me so much and give me favor that I just. Zoop, Go to heaven. I don't have to die. Amen. As a believer, I expect health, long life, good days. Amen. Amen. And I expect that my members one day will just sit on the couch, no heart attack, no cancer, no back pain, no leg pain. Just sit there, and the Lord just took them to heaven like that. Just stop breathing and go to heaven without suffering. Amen. Amen. So that's why we need to learn more about health and healing. Number two, if one day we get sick, we need to use faith to heal ourselves. Out of the eleven cases that came to Jesus, and in the personal level, ten times Jesus say, "According to your faith, not according to my faith. According to your faith, you are healed." So Jesus depended on the faith of the sick person to get healed. One day we may have to exercise faith for healing. For ourselves, oh, one day we may have to exercise faith for the healing of our children because they don't have faith yet; they're still too young. Or faith for the new believers who just brand new. Or faith for the immature Christians in the church who never study the Bible, just come and questela, sela, never study the Bible. Their faith is so weak, and God may need to use you to exercise your faith for other people. But it's good to know the Scripture. What foundation we build up in faith? We need to build faith on the foundation of the Word of God. We don't have blind faith. The faith is on the Word, and when we know the Word, we know that our faith is not just like a fairy tale or it's not just a dream. It's solid. It's strong. It's good foundation. Our faith should be that way. 
very strong foundation. Luke chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. I will read from Living Translation. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. You know that leprosy is incurable disease, even today. I mean, you can cure leprosy, in a sense, by medication, but the scar is not going to go away. The leprosy will eat up your nerve and cause losing of the fingers and skin and part of the body. Your face will be deformed. By You may never have seen leprosy, but I know leprosy because I'm a doctor. Your face and your body will be deformed. Even though you can kill bacteria by medication, but the deformity will not go away. This man came to Jesus. And look at what the Bible says. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground. Humility is so important to get the grace of God. God gives grace to the humble. If you think you are great, you're so knowledgeable, I am great, you get less grace from God. But you humble, God gives you more grace. In fact, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize I don't know much. So if you boast that you know a lot of Bible, you are wrong. Because the more we study, the more we know we don't know that much. We need to be humble. Begging to be healed. This man begged Jesus to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Everyone say willing. Jesus reached out and touched him. You need to understand at that generation, there was no antibiotic to kill the bacteria that caused leprosy. So touching the leprosy skin is a dangerous thing because the bacteria can jump into your body too. It's by contact. Jesus was so merciful, he touched the man. Wow. Lepers in that generation have to stay away out of the society because they know that it's contaminated or infected by contact. Okay, Jesus reached out and touched him. And what did he say? I am willing. He said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Completely cleansed. Completely new, brand new skin. Wow. I like the word. I am willing. The question is, is God willing to heal us? A lot of Christians who don't understand the Bible say, Oh, maybe God wants to heal me. Maybe God wants me to be sick so that I can learn some lesson. That kind of comment is totally unbiblical and totally wrong. It's not true that God wants to, to be sick. It's not true that God doesn't want to heal you. God wants to heal you. He is willing. But this man meets the condition that he can get heal, healing from God. The condition is, number one, he came to Jesus. You need to come to God. Okay? You need to reach out to God. Ask Him. Seek Him. That's why I go to church every Sunday. That's why I never miss any meeting. I reach out to Him by praying, reaching out to Him, go to the meeting, get into the presence of God. Number two, He humbled Himself. He is eager. He's so desperate. He is not just lay back and say, I'm fine. He's reach, re- reaching out to God. To, he came to Jesus. He's reaching out in humility. And then he said, could you please heal me? He asked. Ask and it shall be given. Seek, you shall find. And knock, the door will be open. Come to Jesus. Humble. Desperation. Faith and asking. Then God will do something for you. You may have to ask for a few months. God may not heal you right away, but that's okay. As long as you keep asking, keep knocking, don't give up. One day it will come true because he is willing to heal you. Tonight, I would like to focus on only one sentence. And I want to explain that sentence in detail in the next 30, 40 minutes. Have you ever heard Christians say, by his stripes, you were healed? Have you ever heard that? 
It's in the Bible. By His stripes, whose stripes? Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Actually, if you read that scripture quickly and don't think too much about it, you will miss a lot. Tonight, I'm going to explain in detail what it means when the Bible says, "By His stripes, you are healed," and that came from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who saw things in the vision, in the spirit. He saw the Son of God 700 years before Jesus was born, and he saw things that happened to Jesus. And he wrote it down as a word of prophecy about what happened to the Son of God. Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 5, the Bible says, "Surely he has borne our griefs. He means Jesus, the Son of God, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded." For our transgressions, transgression means breaking the law. He was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities mean to break the law or rebelling against God, and the result of rebelling. The word iniquity, one word, mean two things: you break the law, and then you get the consequences of breaking the law. Compared to today, if I drive more than 70 miles per hour in the road that say 60 miles per hour, that is breaking the law, iniquity. And two, the police give me the ticket, that is iniquity, breaking the law and paying the price of breaking the law. So he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement or the punishment for our peace, so that we can get peace. Peace is shalom. Protection, prosperity, peace, victory—all kind of good things—is in shalom. Good things that happened was upon him. The chastisement, the punishment was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Why? God talking about the stripes connected to. Our physical, emotional healings, spiritual healing, emotional or mental healing, and physical healing. The word "stripes" actually means wounds and bruise. B r u i s e. Wound means something cut into your body. Separation. When you have a knife cut on the skin. The skin break off, we call wound. Is that right? Bruise means to have bleeding under the body, in the body, and cause swelling and blueness. The blueness come from bleeding on the inside. How many people hit something in the past and you saw bruise on your skin? That is called contusion. So the word stripes means both the wound, the cut. And the bruise, and the cut of the wound and the bruise or the stripes are related to the word rod, or beatings, stripes. You get hit by an object, then you have a cut, or you have bruise, a wound, or swelling. In the Old Testament, bruise. Was caused by beatings or whipping or hitting. It was the punishment for the disobedience and rebellion against the law of God. In the Old Testament, if somebody sinned against God or rebel against God, such as robbing somebody, killing somebody, that person get arrested, and then what happened next? Get spanked. Get beaten, and with a rod or with a whip, that is the way to punish people who breaks the law in that generation. In the Old Testament, God gave His people instruction of how things should be carried out in that society. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses two to three, then it shall be if the wicked man deserve to be beaten, that the judge will cause him to lie down. 
and be beaten in his presence according to his guilt with a certain numbers of blows. Forty blows he may give him, and no more. So the maximum is forty, not more than forty. You can be beaten less than forty, but maximum forty. Lest he should exceed this and beat him with many blows above this, and your brother be humiliated in your sight. According to the scripture here, when a man or a woman broke the law of the country or broke the law of God, the punishment were beatings or being hit, being beaten. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 13. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. But a rod, a rod, is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. When a person keep rebelling and disobeying the law, don't want to understand, reject to be- believe in the law of God, keep rejecting the law of the country, in that generation, what did they do? Rot. Beatings, stripes, wound, bruise, and swelling. Proverbs 19.29 Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. People who rebel against God are called fools. If you are wise, you obey God. If you are foolish, you rebel against God. And you're going to get some punishment. So wise people obey the command of God. If you try to tell your kids so many times, don't do that. Do this. And they don't listen to you. Ten times, they still do the same thing again and again. You spend hours of instruction. You spend hours of pleading. Please don't do that. And they don't listen. What is the next step? The rod. When my three kids were small, Pastor Da had a rod about this long. She put in the corset, choose corset, on the shelf. Why she put on the shelf? So that the kids cannot break it. Keep it high. The kids are still small. They cannot reach to the shelf. So anytime Pastor Da told our kids that don't do that and they keep rebelling, you know what she did? She walked to the closet. Once she opened the closet, everyone disappeared. <laughs> they ran to their room. They locked the door. They know the rod is coming. They know. And Pastor Dad, serious, she will hit them. She will spank them. She will not let it go. My oldest daughter, Tanida, did the same thing to her kids. She learned from her mom. So when her two kids... The twin began to rebel. Hmm. The rod come out. They're just like, okay, okay, okay. They don't want to be hit or be beaten. When rebellion keep on going, you need to use the rod. Okay? So people were beaten in the Old Testament for their punishment. In other words, beatings is the form of punishment on the people who rebel or disobey the law. There was a big difference between Roman scourging or beatings and the Jewish whipping. The Roman one is much worse than the Jewish one because they used the whip and the equipment with the metal, the sharp metal on the tip. The whip will have the sharp metal on the tip. Have you ever seen the movie called the Passion of Christ, their equipment have something to cut on the skin. So when they whip Jesus on the back, cut the wound and cause bruise and contusion everywhere on his back. It was so terrible. It's an awful thing to be hit by the whip of the Roman soldier, to be hit by the rod of the Roman government. And sometimes people die on the whipping post because it's, they bled so much and they're so exhausted and died on the post. You remember the story of Jesus? After Jesus was hit on the post, he was so exhausted. And then after he got hit with a lot of wound on his back, they asked 
him to carry the cross, and that cross is not a smooth wood that they make in some kind of carpentry. No, it's full of a lot of stuff on the wood, and have to carry on his back with a wound on his back. Can you imagine? It's so terrible. He was so exhausted that he fell down, and a man had to come and help him to carry the cross to the mountain there. He stumbled and fell down because he was so exhausted by being whipped and beaten by the Roman soldier. Did he has to go to that whipping post? Actually, think about this. He didn't have to, because he never committed any crime. He never rebelled against God even one time. He was only man in the whole world of the man history. That never sinned even one time. He never disobeyed the Father. He completely obeyed the Father hundred percent of the time. He was the Son of God. I rebel against God sometimes. I disobey God. I'm a sinner by my nature. But Jesus was not a sinner. And actually, the soldier just took him to the cross and hanged him. But according to the Prophecy of Isaiah: The Son of God has to be whipped first. So they took him to the whipping post, tied him, and the process began. Boom, boom, with the rod and with the whip. Proverb twenty verse thirty: Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depth of the heart. My dear brother, sister. Stripes mean a person got hit, or smitten, or beaten by an object. When a kid is acting up, you hit them so that they can stop being rebellious. Parents who have little kids learn how to spank your kids. Don't let them control your home. They're still young. They need to learn. How to obey you? If they don't obey you now, they will not obey you when they grow up. They will not obey God the Father when they grow up. They will be very rebellious. So we need to calm them down since they are young. Okay? So beating and hitting and stripes are all the signs of what punishments. Leviticus chapter twenty-six verses fourteen to seventeen. What is the punishment of sin? What is the consequences of sin? When people sin against God, what happened? The Bible say, "But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all of my commandments, but break my covenant, I." Also, will do this to you. In other words, God allow it to happen. I will even appoint terror over you. You're gonna live in fear and depression. Could not sleep at night. Have a bad dream. Wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall you notice the word sorrow and fever and sickness come together. Actually, the Hebrew word for the word sorrow. And pain and grief—all the same meaning of sickness. The word "griefs" means sickness in the Old Testament, because sorrow comes with sickness. When you get sick, you feel depressed. Is that right? You lose appetite. You get depressed. The Bible says, "Fever which consumes the eyes and causes sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. Your business will go down." I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. Miserable life. That's why we should live an obedient life. We should obey God. Tomorrow, I'm going to preach in Los Angeles, one of the most important subject about Christianity. And if a person doesn't practice that, he's not a born again Christian. Even though he say he believe in Jesus or he go to church every Sunday, he may not make it to heaven. One of the important subject tomorrow. Why don't you come tomorrow and listen? Okay, I will not tell you what is that. But 
In order to avoid all these troubles, we need to obey God. Amen. We need to obey God, learn about God, and obey God. Deuteronomy 28:15 to 22. For the sake of time, I'm going to read verse 15 and then jump to 22. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, and to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The curse will jump on you, overtake you. Verse 22, the outcome of disobedience. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, and with severe burning fever, with the sword, with the scourging, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. Wow. Sickness, in conclusion, after reading these two passages, Sickness and diseases are the punishments of disobedience and rebellion. Okay? That's why I share this morning. I look at my wife's eyes many times this past few months. I saw so many of my doctor's friends get sick, have a heart attack. The wife is dying from cancer. Have friend who's younger than me getting sick and in trouble, have surgery. I look at my wife's eye and say, Da, I have the fear of God in my heart. I don't want to sin against God. I don't want to be sick in the hospital. I want to be healthy and strong to serve God. I want to be a blessing to people. Being sick is terrible. You cannot go anywhere. You cannot fly. You cannot go to help people because you cannot even help yourself. I want to be healthy. I fear God. I'm not going to sin against God. Amen? If I sin, I repent so quickly. I say, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. So I don't want it because sickness is the punishment of the disobedience and rebellion. The punishment of sin is lack of relationship with God. The prayer didn't get answered. Poverty, being broke, being sick, defeat, depression, unable to sleep. Losing money, bad business, all these are the punishment of sin or the form of death. That's why if you read the full gospel carefully, throughout the full gospel, you hear the word sin all the time. I forgive you of your sin. He say all the time, repent, I forgive you. It's a big deal in the eyes of God. If we sin against God, we face the punishment. Hell is a punishment of sin. Now, why God connect beatings or strife with sickness? Because beatings is the punishment of rebellion and disobedience in the Old Testament. Is that right? So when you saw stripes of wound, it's a sign of punishment. And what is the punishment for sin today? Sickness. Sickness is a form of punishment or disobedience against God, or rebellion against God. So when Jesus got the stripe, the beating, in other words, he took our punishment on him. The punishment that should be on us, the sickness, got on him. He took it from us. Let me read one more time. I'm going to emphasize this now. You may not see it at the beginning. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely, he has borne our griefs or our sickness. The word griefs in the Hebrew language means sickness. Whose sickness he took on his body? Our. The Bible did not say he has borne his sickness. Jesus never sinned one time. He doesn't have to be sick. Actually, throughout his 33 years, before he went to the whipping post and to the cross, he never broke. He never sick. He never lack anything. He has more than enough. He has more than enough that he can even give to the poor. He is well to do. He never have to go to the hospital. Never see the doctor. He was so healthy because he never sinned against God. But what he took on him is your and my grief and sickness. Amen. And carry our, everyone say our, our. sorrows. 
Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In New American Translation, I read again. It is our infirmities. Everyone, point to yourself. Our infirmities that he bore. Everyone, point to yourself. Our suffering that he endured. Whose suffering? Our suffering he took. Our sickness he took, not his. Okay. Now, Amplify Bible even better. Surely he has borne our grief, parentheses, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carry our sorrows and pains, parentheses, of punishment. Yet we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Wow. Whose sickness and sorrow he took on? Yours and mine. Not his. Okay? Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that he wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Wow. Jesus took the punishment that we deserve. We deserve to be sick. We deserve to die soon because we sin against God. Amen? I still sin against God on and on. I know that there is one sin that I have to deal with a lot. That is a sin of unforgiveness. Because as a pastor, one of the things that a pastor has to go through is being hurt, being abused by people. You help people, they turn around and abuse you. They take advantage of you as a pastor. So I face that all the time in my ministry. And I have to learn how to forgive and let them go. Because otherwise I hold grudges against these people who take advantage of me. So I have to let go. Let go, God, I'm sorry, I get mad at them. Oh God, forgive me. And I will forgive them. All the time. This is the thing that I have to face every year. To forgive somebody who take advantage of me or who use me. And then turn around and not just walk away and bite me too and hit me. I do good to them but they turn around and bite me and hit me. So it's very painful but I need to learn how to give, let it go. To forgive. Amen. So I even sometimes get mad and sin against God. I want to punch their face but I have to, oh God, I'm sorry. I want to punch their face. Do they do not know I'm the third degree back belt taekwondo. <laughs> Hallelujah. My dear brother and sister, the Bible says this. The reason he needs to take our sorrow, our grief, pain, suffering, weaknesses, and sickness, because verse 6 says, Isaiah 53 verse 6, All we like sheep, no exception, every human being on earth are like sheep, who have gone astray, walk away from God, rebel against God, and have turned everyone to his own way. When we do our own things, we say, God, I don't care about you. I have no respect for you. I'm going to do my own stuff. That is sin against God. And the Lord has made to light upon him, mean Jesus, the guilt and iniquity, iniquity means the punishment of sin of us all. We deserve the punishment and we all, no exception, sin against God. And that sin, we deserve punishment. But God said, I took that punishment and put on the Son of God. He got it for us. Christianity is about substitution. Somebody replaced our position and took the bad things for us. Christianity is about restoration. Christianity or the Christian faith is about exchange. Somebody get the bad that we deserve and give us the good that we don't deserve. That's why we call grace. Is that right? Grace because we don't deserve it. God give us good. When God answers your prayer, to give you finances at the end, the next morning, the check come in. That is grace. You don't deserve it, 
But he took your poverty away. Three times. God is faithful. Amen. I hope you don't have to do four times. You're going to have more than enough. Yeah. God is so good. The Bible says he became poor on the cross so that we might be rich. The exchange happened. He took our poverty and he gave us prosperity. He was beaten. He carried the sickness on the whipping post so that we can be healed and stay healthy. Amen? Amen. Why Jesus has to take that punishment? Because our God is a just judge. Justice requires payment. When somebody is doing wrong, that person has to pay. That is justice. Is that correct? Either if you make some mistake, either you pay or somebody pay for you. Either way. But thank God in Christianity, Jesus paid for us. I remember when, before I became a Christian, I was a Buddhist. And in Buddhism, the philosophy says, you pay your own karma. Whatever you did, you have to pay it. No one pay for you. Buddha will not pay for you either. I respect Buddha, but Buddha will not pay for me. Thank Jesus, he paid for me. That's why I turn around and say, I'd rather believe in Jesus. Somebody pay for me. I don't have to pay myself. This is good news for Thai people like me. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God the Father knew at the time of creation that man would sin against him. So he set up a person, the Son of God, to take our punishment from us, to pay the price from us. He was tied to the whipping post. And then the soldier pulled out the whip and beat him. Do you notice that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was in agony. He was on the ground. And the Bible said his sweat became blood. The sweat is not clear. It's blood. The vessel on his skin broke. How much agony that he has to go through. He hasn't even gone to the cross. He hasn't been arrested yet. The reason, because he knew, he foreknew, he knew ahead of time that he would be arrested, he would be whipped, he would be beaten, he would be nailed to the cross, he would be despised, insulted, ridiculed, Yell at, spit on. He knew that he has to take the sin of the whole world on him. He knew it was terrible. It was terrible. But the most terrible thing is not about the Roman soldier beat him with the whip or with the rod. Do you know that? Listen carefully. Now we're going to go to the root of the problem now. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. Who bruised, who hit Jesus here? Who beat Jesus? The Lord, the Father. There is a physical beating and there was a spiritual beating. The Roman soldier pulled out the whip and beat him physically. But spiritually, God the Father was happy. And have pleasure to beat him inside the spirit, deep into the spirit. Physical beatings and spiritual beatings. Who did the spiritual beatings? The father. Listen carefully. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. Why? The Roman soldier was beating him at the same time. God the father too. Okay? He has put him to grief. And make him sick. At the whipping post, God make him sick with our sickness. When you and he make his life an offering for sin, and he has risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the will and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. This is kind of weird to read this. God the Father, 
the kind, compassionate, loving God was happy to beat Jesus, bruise Jesus. Why was he happy to do that? Why he was willing to do that? I believe number one, because the father could see the end from the beginning. That is the beginning, and he could see the end. What was the end? He would see your face, the eyes of the Filipino, Americans, Laotian, Korean, Thai, and all these people believe in Jesus and can, can get healed by the bruise of Jesus Christ. He was so happy because he loved you. He know that what the Son of God did for you on the hip whipping pose was for you. He loved you. Somebody pay for you. Number two. The father knew that Jesus was strong enough to handle the suffering. Number three, I believe the father realized that Jesus willingly and gladly suffered for us. He did not do it out of bitterness. He was willing to suffer for us. He could see your face. He could see the victory to come when Jesus was raised from the dead. The difficult time passed, and then the victory came later on. God the Father saw the end from the beginning. Amen. Amen. And God put sickness on him, bruised him, crushed him, spanked him, beat him deep in the spirit inside. That is even worse than the Romans beating. And that's why he sweat blood out of his body. At that time, when he was at the whipping post and on the cross, which were terrible experiences, the sins of humanity from the time of Adam to the last man who was going to come out from the womb of the mother on this earth before Jesus came back, was put on him. He became sin with our sin. Of human sin, God the Father turned His face away from Jesus. He rejected Jesus because the sin of mankind was upon Him. This is why Jesus cried now, "Father, Father, why have you forsaken me?" Because God the Father turned His face away from Jesus, and this is why Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, "If there is any other way." Could you please let this cup pass from me? But if it's your will, let it be done. He knew that he would be beaten not by only the Roman soldier; he would be beaten by the Father, deep in the spirit. He would be rejected by the Father. He would take the sin of mankind on his body. He suffered for all of us. Why God the Father had to beat him? Because he beat into the spiritual root of sickness and disease. Do you know that the root of sickness is not physical? The root of sickness is spiritual problem. If you can deal with the spiritual thing, sickness cannot be there. What is the spiritual root of sickness? Sin. I give you example. Lack of self-control. You keep eating, and you keep eating too much. When you're young, it's okay. You burn it out. But when you get older, you keep eating too much. The triglyceride and fat gonna store up in your vessel of the heart and the brain, and then you can get a stroke, heart stroke, brain stroke. If you eat too much, you can have diabetes, and diabetes can shorten people's life. If you are not careful, or if you drink alcohol and drive, get into car accident, you have a head injury. It's a spiritual problem. Sickness come from spiritual disease, sin against God, lack of self-control, greed, and want to please the flesh. My flesh doesn't learn how to say no to the flesh. Try to please the flesh. Drink alcohol, play gamble. All night, lack of sleep, and then become sick because you lack of rest and exercise. You see, Jesus took the spiritual root of sickness 
by being beaten by the father. Wow, he deal with the root of the sickness now, and God can heal us because Jesus took our sickness on Him, took the spiritual root of sickness on Him. Satan may come to you and say, "Wow, you are a mess. You have failed. You miss God so many times. You sin against God many times. You know, even though God can heal people, but you are hopeless case." You will never be healed. Is it true? No, it's not true. No matter what, on how many sin you commit, if you turn to Him and repent and have faith that Jesus took your sickness on Him already, you can be healed. Amen. This is about faith. It's about repentance. Faith and repentance is the way. To victory. If you listen to the sermon of this series that I produce, faith and repentance is the way to victory. Amen. Matthew eight seventeen that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity." He bore our griefs and sickness and weaknesses. He bore our pain and sorrow and suffering. He took it away from us. Every time I pray for people to be healed, or every time I pray for myself to be healed, if I get a call, I heal very quickly. Because the way I pray, this is how I pray now. When I pray for the sick, I pray for, to heal sickness. I imagine seeing Jesus on the whipping post. I'm serious. I imagine in my mind Jesus at the whipping post, and when I pray for them, I pray for myself. I saw the sickness jump out of that person to be on the body of Jesus. I think this way, gone, and I believe it's gone. So when I was sick a few weeks ago with cold, I say, in the name of Jesus. Go to the whipping post right now, and then only a day or two, I got healed. Amen. So that is faith. You believe that He took our sickness, He took our punishment, He did for us. This is a very important message of the gospel. Jesus took the bad things from us, and He gave the good things from us. Amen. I want to conclude this sermon by saying this: If you and I go to Indonesia, or maybe we go to Iran, and we and you, not me, you broke the law of Iranian government. You broke the law. Then the police officer come to you and say, "Okay, we have the evidence. You broke the law." We're gonna have to beat you thirty times, and you say, "Oh no, no! Please don't do that." The police officer say, "No, you have to pay. It's the justice of the country." Then I raise my hand. Okay, police officer, I love my friend. I let you beat me. So I go to the whipping post. I got the beatings thirty times. I was so weak for three weeks, could not walk. You are free. And then two days later, after I was beaten, the police officer come to your home, knock the door. Hello, we come to arrest you. You need to be beaten. You have two choices. One choice is to say, "Go for it. You can beat me." If you do that, I will say, "Hey, hey, hey, stop." Then I got the beating for free, for in vain. I did this for you. You should not be beaten anymore. But one choice you can do is to hello, my friend named Doctor Lauha Prasit. Got the beatings for me already. He paid for me. I don't deserve to be beaten anymore. Please get out of here. Which way you're gonna choose? Let them beat you, 
or you're going to open your mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 7. He was oppressed, means Jesus was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Jesus did not open his mouth. He let them beat him. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. One verse of the scripture say two times, Jesus did not open his mouth. He went on the whipping post, shut his mouth, <clears throat> get beatings, and he just, <clears throat> he did not say, I am not wrong, I did not sin, I did not break the law of this country. Why did you beat me? He just shut his mouth, let them beat him for you and me. He did not open his mouth, but we must open our mouth. When the devil attacked us with disease, we need to say, get out of here. You don't have the right to beat me. By the grace of God, I am healed. Jesus took away already. He was beaten for me already. You have no right. Get out of here in Jesus' name. If you keep quiet, and let it go, he will keep beating you. That's why when you get sick, don't shut your mouth. I told my friend who got that cancer, I lied her. Thai people use lie a lot. I don't know if Filipinos use lying or not. No, you don't know about lie, L-I-N-E? No? So Thai people use lie. I lied her, I say, every morning wake up, and you say to yourself, I'm healed, I'm healthy, Jesus by his stripe, I'm healed. I live a long life. God will extend my life. I am healed. Get out of here, devil. Get out of here, demons. Get out of here, sickness. I do not have the right to hit me in the name of Jesus. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm not sick right now. I'm healthy. When I wake up, I look at the mirror, comb my hair, I'm healthy. By his stripe, I'm healthy. I'm not sick. I can be strong. If you don't have hair, that's okay. You can look at in the mirror and you just, just touch your bald head and say, I'm strong. I'm healthy. Do, I need to speak up. I need to open my mouth and speak and declare my right. Is that right? I need to show my right. I am healed. I am healed. I am not sick because Jesus paid for me already. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the scripture, when children are demon-possessed or sick, it's the responsibility of the parents to exercise faith for the children. So if your children are sick because they're so young, they don't know, they don't understand. Some children are very strong in faith. They know how to heal, lay hand and pray for people. But some children, they are too young. You exercise your faith for your children and pray for them. And say, God, I believe that you get the sickness already, you bore the sickness, they are healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Did you learn something tonight? Yes. Now you understand why the Bible says, by the stripe of Jesus you are healed? Do you see the picture? Can you imagine right now, Jesus at the whipping post? You see now? Not sister toy. Not Eileen on the post. Don't put her on the post and hit her. Sometimes you want to hit your pastor. You imagine your pastor at the post and just, hum. I want to hit my pastor. No, no, no. Only Jesus, okay? Don't hit your pastor or your friend in the church. You have the imagination. Jesus on the post and you took the sickness. You put the sickness on him and take his blessing on you. Exchange. But in order to do that, you need to have faith and repentance. You need to repent of your sin to stop the attack. And two, you have believe that Jesus took away 
your sickness already 2,000 years ago. You have the right to be healed and healthy and strong. Amen? Everyone say faith. Everyone say repentance. Obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for everyone who listened to this teaching, Lord, that you shall build their faith, help them to understand this revelation of the scripture in the book of Isaiah 53, that Jesus bore our sickness. Jesus took away our sorrow and pain. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that for us. Thank you, Father, for bruising Jesus and hitting Jesus with the spiritual root of sickness, Father. Lord, we want to build our faith. We want to really walk by faith. And we want to come to you in repentance. Lord, help us when we sin against you. Help us to repent quickly. Help us to turn away from our sin and follow you. Lord, I believe, Father, in this end time, your people will be healthy because they learn how to walk in obedience and by faith, Father. Thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus. I pray for everyone who is listening to this teaching that they are healed by the stripe of Jesus Christ right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So from now on, do you believe that healing belongs to you? How many people believe that forgiveness belongs to you? How many people believe that prosperity and riches belong to you because Jesus became poor for you? You're going to confess that every day? Yes. You're going to believe? Yes. Victory belongs to you? Yes. Amen. Amen? Victory in every aspect of your life. Do you know that Jesus died on the cross? He suffered at the whipping post for every aspect of your life. Not just only the physical healing, emotional healing, financial healing, restoration, everything. He takes care of you in every aspect of life. Today we talk about healing, but more than just physical healing, everything. Just have faith. Believe God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.